Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 705. He thought for a moment. Bandits north of here in the Elbe. I nodded. They've been cleared out now, so I've heard. He thought some more. I heard Alvaron's getting married to the Lackless woman. I know a poem about Lackless. The young boy chimed in again and began. Seven things stand before the entrance to the Lackless door. Hush! The old man cuffed the boy gently alongside of his head. He looked up apologetically. Boy's got a good ear, but not one lick of manners. Actually, I said, I'd like to hear it. He shrugged and let go of the boy, who glared at him before reciting. Seven things stand before the entrance to the lackless door. One of them, a ring unworn, one a word that is forsworn. One a time that must be right, one a candle without light. One a sun who brings the blood, one a door that holds the flood. One a thing tight held in keeping, then comes that which comes with sleeping. It's one of those riddle rhymes, the father said apologetically. Lord knows where he hears them, but he knows better than to go spouting every lewd thing he hears. Where did you hear it? I asked. The boy thought for a moment, then shrugged and began to scratch himself behind his knee. Dunno, kids. We should be getting on, the older man said, looking up at the sky. I dug into my purse and handed him a silver noble. What's this then? he asked, eyeing it suspiciously. To help with the new bear, I said. I've been through some tight times too, but I'm flushed now. They left again, thanking me profusely. Poor fellow. No self-respecting Ruh troop would ever stoop to bear-baiting. There was no skill involved, no pride in the performance. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. There were lots of, like, tricky sounds on this page. Like, both in the poem and also, like, just in the in the prose. There's, like, the alliteration that's, like, the tight times two. And then also the word comes is in the same sentence twice, which is weird. I think there's also a bit of their vernacular uh, is a little bit awkward. And even the way Quoth talks about it, like the older man cuffed the boy gently alongside of his head. He doesn't say along the side of his head. And he says, I know a poem about Lackless. He doesn't say, I know a poem about the, the Lacklesses. Lackless or Lady Lackless. So yeah, there's a few there's a few kind of janky words on this page. I agree with you. But the other thing I want to talk about on this page, which is like, whoa what huge i i don't really remember this this rhyme this is not the rhyme that i think about when i think about the lackless rhyme i think about seven things has lady lackless keeps them underneath her black dress which i don't even remember if we've seen that yet but this seems to me like not only is it you know interesting and timely that quoth encounters this rhyme kind of out of nowhere we are told explicitly immediately after that it's a riddle rhyme that it's a riddle and that there's you know that implies there's an answer to it and i put to you that these are the ingredients that need to be assembled in order to open the door in order to open the four plate door the door of stone the lackless door whatever seven things stand before 
which could be taken to mean like are in front of it. It could also mean um, are obstacles to seven things stand before the entrance to the lackless door. It might be literally the entrance. It might also be like the act of entering the entrance to them. So I think that possibly this riddle here, which who knows how and why it got injected into the story at this time by these randos that Quoth has never seen before and never will see since. But here we have a laundry list of things that potentially could be the things that need to be brought to the lackless door to open it. Yeah. I Like what would be, there are a lot of things here that actually everything on this list is like, what would it be? Exactly. And that's, you know, that's why it's a riddle, but it's one of those things that uh, if, if, it occurs in book three that Quoth discovers another version of this rhyme or something and discovers that and realizes that like, this is what he has to do. Or, you know, even accidentally finds himself in front of the door with all of these things or something that could arguably be each of these things. I would nod along and say, well done, Rothfuss, you've seeded this effectively. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, I think it's also... I don't think that we're meant to necessarily think that there's like seven objects Quoth has to fetch. You know what I mean? Like uh, the son who brings the blood might be Quoth himself, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing the blood of the lackless in his own body uh, to the door, you know? Well, and the door, the door is one of the things on the list, but obviously the door is already there. Well, the door that holds the flood might not necessarily be the lackless door because it's a thing that stands before the lackless door. So it must be something else, but you know, it might not literally be a door, right? Like the word that is forsworn is probably a broken promise, right? A broken oath. And I mean, so might mm. the ring on worn be right. If you're not wearing a ring, it's cause you like, maybe it's cause you didn't get married or because you got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's like a metaphor for mastering naming or something like the mm-hmm. name of the wind. yeah a you name get, you have you not mastered the ring. yeah exactly and also interesting is that after the list there's something after is there's the seven things one two three four five six seven then comes that which comes with sleeping to right. me that implies that that's what's behind the door yes once you have all seven things then comes that which comes with sleeping which is what death which is like dreaming I don't know. What is that? The doors of sleep, Very doors of mysterious. madness, doors of death, I believe. So madness. Yeah. And and all you of this is so the... interesting to me that it it occurs in the story kind of without any import. They're trading songs, and I think I mentioned this on yesterday's page, that I expect that the reason that Quoth and the child, uh, or rather we, the readers, are given verbatim the words that Quoth and the child trade back and forth is that so this doesn't stand out quite so much. Because if they were just like saying, you know, we exchanged a few songs and then the kid told me this rhyme and here's all the text of the rhyme, that would stand out a little bit, but we'd be suspicious. But because we've had a couple of uh, rhymes exchanged that we are told, uh, we are given the full text of, this doesn't seem quite so um, obvious a clue. Yeah, and I mean... I think the only reason that this does stand out is because we have made it our mission to to think of everything on every page as potentially important. But I think that if you're just reading this book for the first time, this probably doesn't leap out at you right away as being like of significance. 
Oh, I don't agree. I think if I'm reading a fantasy novel and I encounter a a rhyme riddle uh, with a laundry list of of MacGuffins, I'm going to pay very close attention to it. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I skip all the songs in Tolkien. Yeah, well, t- Tolkien is is not a great example because t- Tolkien, the songs yeah. are the most important thing. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, if I if I see a block of italic text called out, I often skip it. <laughs> Because I'm like, okay, that's this just just some bullshit. Well, that's that's a bad habit that I think Tolkien instilled in you. Because I think a lot of the time, if there's a block of italic text, it's important. It's not. Ju- I mean, maybe I, for Roth. That's why anyway. it's italic. Yeah, the block of italic text is a song, and we should be paying attention to songs. Um, and uh, yeah, if you read this book, Jeremy, and skipped all the songs, I, I mean, I didn't in this book because they obviously are important and also this book is like better written than Tolkien. So it's like pleasing to read. But uh, I think in a lot of fantasy novels, like it, it is not just Tolkien, but certainly like he's the guy who set the trend, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's often pretty skippable. Yes. I agree with you in that it's skippable when they're just aping Tolkien, but Tolkien was doing that for his reason. That was what he was interested in. And I think a contemporary writer hopefully would have enough wherewithal not to just say Tolkien wrote songs. Therefore I will also write songs that are extraneous and totally forgettable. (laughs) Does anyone have anything else on this, on this page? Uh, Nah. I I appreciate maybe I guess, should we talk about the, like the bear baiting thing or we kind of already covered that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think it, we didn't cover it because Quoth doesn't, like, uh, think about it all that deeply. But on this page, we get a bit more of, like, how he feels about the bear baiting. And, we and like, he's basically, like, taking pity on some, you know, some fellow troopers who are clearly going through a rough patch. And I do appreciate this, like, little act of kindness. Like, you know, hope for better days, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quoth is feeling fairly magnanimous, I think, because I think other times he would not be uh, supportive of, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't have given a silver noble to that singer in the inn, for example. Yeah, well, that guy was an asshole. <laughs> These guys don't seem like <laughs> assholes. They're just like going through a rough patch, you know? I think I think that all other things being equal, Quoth is inclined to be... Uh, to, to think kindly of other traveling performers, whether they're raw or not. Yeah, I'm sure there's a certain amount of appreciation there. And like, Quoth's bar is probably like generally friendly. And then it's just if they do something that's unfriendly, that would that would drop his uh, opinion of that person. Right. I probably mean, on the clicker, actually, we'll get to it tomorrow. But he kind of makes it explicit that like, you know, traveling performers are you know a kind of unofficial community and they got to look out for each other i see we have a short letter today that arrived via the mailbag uh channel in our discord so use a new way to reach us you can now send us messages both by uh, traditional means which is dropping a email into the email box at the side of the road or you can join our Discord and uh, type it into the mailbag channel. This is from our magical friend, John, who writes, Dear Fussies, 
what revelation in book three would have you laughing like Tempe after the tale of the boy with the golden screw in his belly button? Magically signed John. If it really was just the teacher's lounge behind the four plate door. If like if he, oh, that'd opened, be so good. if he opened the four plate door and like Hem was like playing checkers with his his toady and they like looked up like what the hell are you doing here this is the teacher's lounge <laughs> I put seven locks on that door yeah to <laughs> keep want to be disturbed to keep little <laughs> bastards like you out of here <laughs> I fully forgot about that bit man that's a good bit. Although that does raise to me also that um, if if this riddle is in fact, sorry to go back to the meat of the episode, but if this riddle is in fact the laundry <laughs> list of the things that we need to open the four-plate door, that implies that there are seven locks. Um, and they might even be seven sympathetic bindings or something like that, or like seven types of magic. Um, yeah, I do seven think types that of knowledge. Is building, yeah, I do think that Rothfuss is building to something with sympathy. I do think that there's like... In an act of sympathy that is is an extremely large scale or extremely like powerful that we need to understand, um, which is why he's which is why it works in the way it does and the why he's sort of taking us through how sympathy works in the cadence that he is. So I would not be surprised if one of the things that Kvothe has to do is like unbind a very complicated binding or or something like that. Or and you know we'll talk about this a little bit later because the next message that we got in the Discord channel involves Denna and the moon, but I'm also wondering if there's like some kind of Denna isn't necessarily literally the moon, but there is some kind of binding between her and the moon that is really just complicated sympathy. But anyway, we'll get there or not. Who knows? Maybe we'll never find out. Jordana, do you have any, any thoughts on what revelation could happen in the third book that would strike you as very funny? I, you know, I don't tend to worry myself with the, like, I, it's funny, actually, that I don't because I'm a very worrisome person, but I, I don't worry about what revelations will or will not come to pass in the third book. I am simply waiting to enjoy the journey. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my attitude as well. Uh, and listeners, you can learn uh, saint-like patience, just like Jordana and I, on tomorrow's page. <laughs> oh. The. Whee! Whee!